the Brothers in Kayfabe. For over two seasons, the revolutionary force in brotherly kayfabe entertainment. And now, Pro Wrestling and Being a Good Brother present the Brothers in Kayfabe. And we are live! Episode 76, coming to you from your favorite rec center in McAllister, Oklahoma. I am El Gigante, Jake Keel, one of your aforementioned brothers in kayfabe. Next to me in the Zoom is... Mr. Rasslin, Landon Bumgarner, Jake, as always, it is great to be back live from our virtual studio one day to be a live real studio. It is great, great, great to be here. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm really, really happy uh, to be doing doing some uh, some podcasting. It was a great weekend um, full of wrestling which we will get to here in a few moments. But Landon, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I took a near three-hour nap, so... Heck yeah. I'm feeling good. It, it was more, you know, two and a half hours, 2.45, but it was a much-needed nap because I went to bed well after 1 a.m. and I was up by 6 a.m., so I, I feel good. I'm ready to get tagged back into the match. I, uh, you know, I went up to a friend's house in Gore, Oklahoma. Shout out to the Patreon King Chandler Stringer. I spent the weekend at his place in Gore, Oklahoma, in the mountains, um, in a bed that was not my own. And, you know, so whenever I'm in a bed that's not my own, I don't, really sleep the greatest um and so when you're at a friend's house like that you know you don't get to see them very often you're usually up late anyway um we were up at till like 12 one o'clock both nights and uh yeah woke up at my normal time of like 7 30 so uh, not the greatest sleep but hey i'm happy to be home i miss my friend's uh, Chandler and Sarah, their son, Colton. Um, it was a great, great weekend. But uh, we're here to talk about wrestling. I was going to try to do his uh, his uh, his thoughts on the podcast. We might ha- just have to add that in on in post. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great weekend of wrestling. Uh, before we get into my story, Landon, did you get to watch any wrestling this uh, past week? I did. So, in an effort to continue conservation efforts and the historical archiving of important professional wrestling content. That's why you're Professor Wrestling. Exactly. We've talked about it before my 
journey, and we've got an ad for it later, my journey into the world of custom VHS tapes, well, I couldn't just keep it in, you know, a, a simplistic thing. So going into the full, deep, deep rabbit hole of just general media conversions in general, like, okay, how do I make a VHS a DVD? Or how do I make a VHS digital? Okay, well, how do I make a DVD digital or put it on VHS? Like all these kind of things. And so I've done a lot of experimenting, but it has paid off because if you can see this at home, if you're watching the video version, Good Brother Terry, I have the 2002 DVD slash VHS Hulk Still Rules now conveniently placed digitally on my tablet so that I am able to access it on the road, you know, when I'm traveling, when I can't sleep at night. And so I've watched a lot of Hulk Hogan, but also, as always, I've watched a lot of ECW this week. Well, and you folks at home do not know how long Landon has been trying to make this that happen, how like, to get that conserved this, and off of a VHS tape so that it's there forever. This specific Hulk Hogan DVD, I've been trying to do this since November of 21. Excuse me, the DVD. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things. Well, it started out, I made some my first ever custom VHSs. I've made, well, Jake, you were the first recipient of the first ever BIK home video. Have Look some at sitting right here. Those beauties. I still need to upload mixtape well, volume one for our well, listeners. I, I have one good. here. The other one's in the VHS player. But there you go. As it should be. But I was originally for Christmas. I was gonna make good brother Matthew McCrite a custom. I did make him a custom yellow tape Hulk Hogan VHS. I really wanted to put a portion of this documentary on there, but just could not figure out how to. Finally, several headaches, and many, many, many dollars later, I now have a streamlined process to to do this. So I'm going to throw this out there. If anybody has some wrestling that they have recorded on VHS or even DVD, and I'm talking like stuff you recorded yourself, if you would like that converted digitally, drop me a line. And we can talk about it because I am all for the preservation of original broadcasts and the preservation of just like wrestling content in general that we don't want lost to time. Well, and, you know, and we'll be putting this out on our uh, our TikTok as well. Um, Hit us up like he is a conservationist. We want all this wrestling to be able to be seen uh, to be held on. We're not going to try to make any money off of any of this. Uh, you know, so for anyone that's trying to, you know, say, oh, you're pirating and stuff, we're not going to try to make any money off of it. We <clears> just <throat> want it to be saved because some of these VHSs and these DVDs are not available anywhere. Yeah. And like once all, they're gone, they're gone. Like we we showed it last week and we'll show it again later this episode. One of the pride and joys of my collection is an original broadcast copy of One Night Stand 2005. Because 
here, well, I guess I should also say the entirety of ECW Hardcore TV original broadcast because it's, I completely understand like on DVD or on home video releases and on streaming releases why music has changed and why commentary and stuff is, is trained. There's a whole legal side to it um, right. called synchronization rights. Um, that's why, oh, man, they had such a cool song, and then you get get it on DVD or VHS, and it's not there. It's because it costs a lot of money to produce those copies. Right. One, just for the original broadcast, but for the subsequent copies. The cop- but, man, like, you know... <clears throat> I look at it like this. The music is so important. Imagine if you're watching a Ric Flair match in his prime, okay? Like, imagine Flair versus Dusty Rhodes. No blonde hair, no robe. Right. It's not the same. Right. You know, Try to watch a Sandman match without the Sandman's music. Exactly. It it just doesn't... I I don't want to. (laughs) It just doesn't work. I mean you know, Hulk Hogan, but without the tan and without the bleached hair and without the red and yellow, like you, you just can't do it. Like Jake said, it's not for financial gain or anything like that, but it is the preservation of history because there's so much wrestling history that has already been forgotten. And, you know, you see it all the time. Some of these, some of these VHS tapes from the seventies and eighties are lost forever. Some of the weekly television of some of these great companies like World Class Championship Wrestling, there are entire years that are just gone. Never getting them back unless somehow, somewhere, someone's got a physical copy of it. So that is what Landon's trying to do. Anything that we can get our hands on, specifically original tapings of shows, we want. So hit us up. Get those over to us. Landon, I watched a lot of wrestling yesterday. Yeah, you did. And it wasn't um, just through a TV screen, was it, Jake? I went to my first live <clears throat> wrestling show since WrestleMania weekend. And boy, was I impressed. I went. First of all, I went to Gore, Oklahoma, which is northeast uh, more a little bit north of I-40 uh, east. And shout out to Rhino, by the way. Shout out, shout out to Rhino. <laughs> and uh, th- we're almost in Arkansas. So that's, you know, that's how far out we are. So we we get out there and we went there for a specific <clears throat> reason. Number one, to see one of my best friends in the world, Chandler Stringer, his wife, Sarah, their beautiful baby boy, uh, Colton, who uh, calls me calls me his uncle, like calls calls me Uncle Giant. My wife, he calls her Nana. Um, love him. But uh, we went out there to take my friend Chandler to his very first live wrestling event. He's watched wrestling on TV. Um, but he's never been to it live and he wasn't, he was a casual fan and he still is kind of a casual fan, but we got him this weekend, one step closer to being an actual full fledged fan. 
and I'm very interested to see uh, his thoughts on this episode, see if he agrees with me. Um, but you know, we 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 saw a very good card. I you know we have been critical of Oklahoma indie wrestling. This is the best indie wrestling promotion I have seen in Oklahoma, and it is by a long shot. A and long just, shot. Just to clarify, whenever we do, uh, when we are critical, it's not because you know we're we, biased or we hate it. It's because we we've seen the history of Oklahoma wrestling, and we see where really we've been the last twenty years, and we want to see a change in that. But Jake, from the looks of it, it seems like there was some decent, decent quality entertainment going on. There was some, it was more than decent. I'll tell you that much. I mean, there are some guys that are going to be stars over there. Um, whether it is locally through the region, there are guys that there, there are some people there that could make it. Um, and there's not been a lot of uh, wrestlers in the last 20 years through Oklahoma that I've said that about. Um, the, 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 the promotion is NCWO. We are actually going to have a guest on here in a little bit that is from the show last night, but the the promotion is NCWO New Class Wrestling Organization. They do all of their shows from the J.I. Stipe Center in McAllister, Oklahoma, and uh, pretty cool little venue there. Um, it's a rec- recreation center, but they had a hell of a setup they had a lighting rig they have a full-on entrance stage i mean i'm i'm showing it on my phone like they they did their work and they had the lights down and only used their lighting uh rig for the whole show they need a little bit more light on the ring but they're close they're real close to having a very good look very good presentation um, it's definitely not your indie that you're going to go to, and it's just the lights are on the whole time. And, uh, you know, it, they had a good look. And from what I've heard, there's possibility that a local access channel might end up putting them on TV. Um, that is a huge step in the oh, right direction for indie huge, wrestling in Oklahoma. Huge. Um. So let, let, I'm going to talk about the card just a little bit. Yeah. Because I want to give shout outs to a lot of these people. So um, let me pull up the first uh, the first match. It was a really solid start to the show. Um, at least in the beginning, there's a there's a man named Midnight Rider and Devion Black. Uh, both guys were very confident in the ring, both really good. Midnight Rider was the baby face and Devion was the heel. Um, some quick uh, movement. Now, they have ongoing storylines at this indie. So there was some stuff that I didn't quite catch, but I could probably guess where the story has come from. Um, but uh, it, the first match ended in a double countout. But the Midnight uh, Rider character, he really he really got with me. I'm going to follow him on Instagram and social media um, and, uh, you know, kind of follow this guy because he, he impressed me a lot. Um, 
I need to start over from the beginning, though, because I didn't even tell you about us getting to the arena. Yeah. So we get there and the parking lot is empty. Parking lot is empty. They say they the poster says five o'clock show starts. So we walk around to the back. This guy up front goes, you got in typical like we're in McAllister, Oklahoma. Okay, like. For those that don't know, McAllister is where the state penitentiary is. <laughs> like, so you're telling me Nails and Big yes. Boss Man were on the card? They were. Um, I'll get back to Big Boss Man. I will get back to Big Boss Man. I, that's just a tease. <laughs> um, so we go up to the front door, and there's this guy sitting up there, and I pull the door, and it's locked. And the guy goes, you got to go around. okay so we walk around to the back multiple times i was uh people thought i was a wrestler and it's mainly because of my height and my size it also doesn't help that i have this glorious beard and a mullet like and it was permed perfectly yesterday like i was looking good as it should Um, be so we go around to the back and there's just an open door back there. All right. This is where we go in. We end up in a hallway. There's nobody taking tickets. And all of a sudden I just see wrestlers walking by putting on their gimmicks. And I'm like, brother, I don't think we're supposed to be back here. <laughs> so sure. So we start, we keep on walking. Uh, <clears throat> Chandler had to, to go, go to the bathroom. So he went up to the restroom and, uh, you know, we're we're walking up to the front and uh, we see the big open gym area where the show's going to be. And so we go over there and we're shooting the shit with uh, Johnny and uh, Johnny's brother, Ethan Cove. And uh, for those that don't know, Johnny Cove, uh, his brother comes and films all the matches for him. He's a great brother. He's a very good brother. I'll tell you that. But uh, just kind of shooting the shit. And I was like, hey, uh, where are we supposed to pay? And he's like, I don't I don't know. Like, he's like, I, I, you know, I'm not the person to ask. Like, I'm like, I understand that. But like, like, I don't want to go to an indie show and not pay. Because like, they're the ones that need that money. And. The way this one was put on, like I, I, if they have a Patreon, I want to join it. Like, I want them to succeed, and I want them to be able to do more. So, we decide, okay, um, let's keep on walking. We walk up towards the front where the um, the deal, the 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 locked doors are. All of a sudden, now there are people in this lobby, and that is where you paid. We were there early. Doors open at 5. We got there at 4.45. Doors open at 5. For VIPs, so people who pre-bought their tickets get in Ooh. early and got to see a match before everyone else got got pulled in. I like that. Like, that's huge I do too. For, for especially a local company. Yeah, like, if if people are taking the time to pay in advance... First of all, they all get the the first row. 
They had it all roped off so you couldn't go up there. And they got to see a match that actually set up a storyline later on. So it was a little confusing. But like we we ended up seeing part of the match um, simply because you were there. Well, no, we we <clears throat> walked out. Went and sat in the car, charged the phones a little bit. Because we still didn't know that there was a VIP deal. And I'm looking over the poster and I'm like, oh, VIP. It says VIPs get in at five o'clock. General admission, 545. Mm. Show, and show starts at six. Okay. That makes more sense. So that's a uh, El Gigante error there. Uh, he uh, messed it up. So we go back in and... Uh, we pay we're there we're back there probably about 5 30 and i was like okay well even if they don't let us like go in we'll go ahead and pay and then like just kind of chill there and go go in at 5 45 um no they just give us our tickets and let us go on back nice and the match is almost over and um it was between two uh female participants let me pull up their part of the card uh, Princess Zoe and Olivier Vegos, I think is her name. I don't know how to pronounce the first one. I followed her on Instagram. She uh, entered my uh, my giveaway for Gigante Wrestling Gear. Nice. So I was kind of excited to see this person. Like They took the time to follow me, and so those are the people that I like to support. Um the end of this match, so here's where Big Boss Man comes in. The end of this match. Wham, my daddy's dead. Wham. A sheriff-looking figure comes out and abducts Olivier, Ol Ol Vegos. Vegos. She is the... Uh, She's a wrestler, but also the valet for Chosen Influence. I don't know if you've heard of Chosen Influence. It's Luke Richmond and Malik Mayfield. Okay. I've heard of Luke before. They were good. They were really good. They were solid. Um, he, uh, the the sheriff guy uh, laid them out, uh, handcuffed them to the ropes, and uh, abducted their valet. So later on, whenever they come back out, they were fighting chosen influence for the tag team titles. And they had their valet still handcuffed. <laughs> they handcuffed her to the ring post. And that's where she stayed the entire match until we didn't see it. But somehow she got out of the cuffs. She helped her tag team win. It was it was really, really good. But like their tag team native law was probably my least favorite part about the show. Um, they just weren't really on it for me, but um, I want to give a shout out to some people that really, really did great. The gatekeeper. First time I've seen the gatekeeper. Uh, he fought Johnny Cove. He earned a spot in my book. Um, White heart. I don't know if you've heard of white heart. 
He fought Coyote and Bloodstone in a triple threat for White the... Hart, if you remember, Jake, he was at the... He was. ...show with in Midwest City with Sabu on the Where ground. Sabu was supposed to be, yes. He impressed me big time. He was way over with these kids that were in the front row. Um, He was way over with the crowd, but... uh. And Clayton Bloodstone, give a shout out to him. They had one of the best matches of the night, along with Gatekeeper and Cove. Um, Clayton had some really good heat in that building. Uh, so I was I was really uh, wanted to shout him out. Tino Valentino has his gimmick down. Pat, great match. I really enjoyed him versus Brian Riviera. Uh, but you could tell Tino was kind of carrying that match. Um, but it, it was great nonetheless. Um, and then want to give a shout out to a Franco Varga uh, did a very good match. I saw that he has an upcoming match with uh, Matt Cardona. Mm. So uh, we'll be Make interested to see that. Yeah. And then the main was really great. Uh, the main event was Evelyn Carter versus Danny B. For the women's title, Danny B uh, goes over with the Eddie spot. So the ref had his back turned. She threw the belt over to Evelyn and then slammed herself down onto the mat. Nice. The ref turns around, takes the belt from Evelyn Carter. It's like doing the what are you doing? Like. Fantastic. It's one of my favorite spots in wrestling. Makes me miss Eddie so much, but she sold it so well. And what was even better? So she's selling. She's down on the ground. She sees the ref look away with Evelyn. And she kind of hops up and looks to the crowd and goes. And then falls right back down. Like, oh, my gosh, it was great. So uh, really great show. Chandler had a blast. Uh, especially in his first wrestling show. And uh, yeah, I think, though, we just got a guest pop on. We do. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play this quick little video and you'll know who our guest is. And then he'll be here live on the pod. Without a doubt, he is the greatest mullet in professional wrestling. He is the Duke of the Dropkick. A master of the suplex. A man who has been in more bedrooms than Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu combined. He is the best around. He is Johnny Cove. To check out more of Johnny Cove, follow his social media and pick up a shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. And here he is, the one, the only, the mullet daddy himself. The incredible Johnny Cove. Johnny, how are you today? I'm feeling a little, little sore, more uh, beat up than usual. But you know, it's part of the, it's part of the life. We uh, we were just talking about your match. I was kind of recapping uh, NCWO, and uh, it was one of my top three from the night. So uh, it was a it was a really good one. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. After some of the stuff I had to endure in that match, you know, it's makes it all worth it here and stuff like that. So thank you for that. 
Now, Johnny, how long have you been working with NCAA or WO, I guess? Depends if um, you're from Oklahoma or not. <laughs> yeah. Really, um, I got in contact with them back in, I want to say it was like early January. And uh-huh. just uh, me and the promoter, me and the, you know, the head officials there uh, got in contact about bringing me in, uh, wanted me to come down to do some training with them just to, you know, get some ring rust knocked off since I had an ankle injury back in November. And uh, just from then on, uh, just they wanted me to be a part of the NCWO team, uh, worked their show back in January. It was like January 20-something, 22nd, and then wanted to bring me in once again this past uh, last night, so – you were uh the the mullet was over in that in that room like uh there are people loving the mullet there are people hating the mullet <laughs> how, how did it feel you know being in that it, it was kind of a little bit of a hostile crowd last night yeah you know the last time i was there i was kind of i was like a mystery tag team partner so people weren't really sure who exactly i was you know so i wasn't you know coming back i wasn't sure how what reaction i was gonna get and as soon as they say mullet daddy johnny cove i come out the curtain it was just a mixed bag it was oh mullet daddy or it was cheering and then there's one whole section that was just booing me nonstop. so it was fun it was like i felt like a, a little john cena moment right there trying to get one side to chant for the mullet and one side was booing me so it was pretty cool so, you know, for those that don't know, uh, tell tell the folks at home a little bit about your match last night. So, uh, you know, I was asked if I wanted to be a part of the show this past Saturday, a couple months back. I said, sure, you know, uh, had fun. We'll see where this goes. And then I find out I'll, I'll be wrestling Gatekeeper, who used to used to go by the name UJA at All-Star Pro. And then I don't really know what went wrong. I don't know what happened. He just started wearing the face paint, where it had the mask, the just the the spooky vibes. I don't even know what what it what he's trying to go for. And uh, I come out, you know, was just expecting a regular match that I've always done. And then he cuts this promo. He he says this is a sanctuary match. And there's no DQ, no count out, just get knocked out, tap out, or, you know, pinned. So I wasn't expecting that. I've never been in a match with weapons or whatnot. So this was, you know, a first first for Johnny Cove. And uh, hopefully it's the last, but I don't think it will be. So what? how does it feel like being in the ring with a man who's actively trying to take your soul? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I've been in the ring with some some guys who, you know, they, you know, it would seem like they'd want to put me in the hospital or, you know, take me out of the game. But this, yeah, he wants to take my soul. Or I don't even know what he was saying. I was, I couldn't really hear him because the crowd was just saying nonstop stuff about my hair, my, you know, my legs or whatever. <laughs> so I was just, I could, at first I was like, my soul, he's going to, what? <laughs> but yeah, it just it upped the ante a little bit. It was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta take this guy out. I, I can't be 
nice guy Johnny Cove anymore. Well, you know, it, you y'all had a great match together. Uh, the the weapons that were involved. When you when you're going into a match like that, you know, there's anything that you can think of under the ring. What where does your brain go to? You know, what what do I, on getting like what to do to this guy? Well, yeah, so I didn't even have time to prepare to think about using, you know, objects or what, whatever, because I wasn't told until I got in the ring. So first thing I'm out there, I see his cane he brought to the ring. Okay, I'll use that because if he, why isn't he using it? So I just grabbed it, picked it up, choked him with it. And then I didn't, I didn't even look, it didn't even occur to me to look under the ring. And I've been watching wrestling since I was a kid and games you see everyone looks under the ring i didn't even think about that and then i hear he's got a chair i was like what and then i just get hit in the back so okay Mm. i look under the ring and i find a chain lucky enough some dummy on the ring crew left some tools under there and i was lucky enough to have a chain and try to bust his head open with it but you know I, i wasn't going into this expecting to look under the ring or around the building to use things other than what was in the ring against this guy. Well, fantastic. You know, I, I'm glad you escaped with your soul. I know, I know you took the loss, but I mean, uh, it could have been much, much worse. It sounds. Yeah. You know, I, I've been on, I'm going to admit, I've been on a bit of a losing streak lately, but uh, it, it could be worse. I could be out of action. I could be just not even wrestling. So every time, I get the chance to walk to the back on my own, take off my gear and change on my own. And it, you know, at the end of the day, as long as my pockets are filled with some, uh, some green from selling all that merch, I'm, I'm a happy guy. Johnny, have you ever been in any other matches with a similar environment as far as like anything goes, you know, no disqualifications, any, any, any other experiences like that? Oh, okay. Yes. I just totally forgot about this for some reason. Uh, back in October, my first show at, uh, American wrestling revolution up in Kansas at, uh, Wichita, they were running outside of a bar and the whole night, every match was kind of like, uh, you know, no DQ and no rules type of environment. And in that match, we, someone tossed me a kendo stick and I, I, I totally forgot about this till now you brought that up and yeah. And that crowd was a lot more angry and more violent than this crowd, but you know, similar circumstances where the guy I was with, I needed to really bring it or he was going to, you know, take me out of action. Are, are, you know, now that you've gone through this experience, are you, are you planning on bringing any weapons with you to some of the shows just in case like, uh, it seems uh, like it might be a, a a a learning experience to be a little bit more prepared in in the future. Yeah, you know, I've I've been thinking about that, and you know, lately uh, I've I've had a little bit of uh, assistance at some shows with me. If if anyone's noticed, I've had uh, my executive producer, uh, my brother, a fellow Cove. He's been in the back, you know, filming my stuff, helping me promote everything for me does all my uh youtube videos and you know he's been doing a really good job on the 
on the back, you know, not in the public eye. But I'm thinking now that you brought this up, if he could just, you know, maybe have something, carry it with him, he could maybe toss me a roll of quarters, some, you know, mm. something. So we'll, we'll see how, you know, we'll see what happens next time. Maybe a sock full of dimes. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or a pillowcase full of uh, bars of soap or something. So, you know, now that we've talked about your weekend, uh, you know, we've had you on before and we've mostly talked about now. And what what we really like to do on this podcast is talk about what brought you here, what got you to this point in wrestling, whether it's, you know, actually being a wrestler, being a fan. Tell what what is your earliest memory of professional wrestling for those that don't know at home? You know, I'm, I can't remember what I've said on what podcast or even last time I was on here, but uh, I grew up in a house where my dad was a big wrestling fan growing up. Uh, worse, you know, he really liked Ric Flair. And we're, it's weird to admit this, but I didn't know WWE was a thing until, like, I was eight or nine. Like, I only knew – whenever Ric Flair, like Sting, I, I only knew of WCW from the, uh, the, you know, Nintendo 64 games and right. watching Nitro or Thunder. And then like after, you know, the war was over, you know, wrestling wasn't on as much in my house. So, but my first memory is like seeing uh, either playing the Nintendo 64 games or seeing Hulk Hogan on a, uh, Muppets in Space, or what was that movie called? <laughs> yeah, Muppets yeah. in Space, that's Muppet. it. And then, and is it Gremlins 1 or Gremlins 2 that he's Grim, in? Gremlins 2, Hulk, yeah, he's in Gremlins 2. Uh, okay, I've got a specific Ric Flair question for you, Johnny. All right. Do you have a favorite, because this is a weird question, but I think about it all the time. Do you have a favorite color of Ric Flair okay. trunks and boots. Like for me, like late WCW, like the purple. Yeah. Like the mom haircut, like perfect. <laughs> Ideal Ric Flair for me. The mom haircut, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah, growing, you know, when he was in his later, you know, half of his career in the WWE evolution stuff, it was mostly all he wore was like red, right? Yeah. But uh, I have, my fit. I found my wrestling figures today, just cleaning out my uh, parents' garage. And the Ric Flair that I have, it's the purple trunks, but with the uh, the boots and the knee pads are like a different purple. They're like mm. very light purple. It's, but I love that. I'm trying to think of the name of that color, but that's probably my favorite. Kind of lilac. Yeah, lilac. That's it. That's my favorite. Ric Flair color or the baby the turquoise kind of baby blue oh yeah it's just like for who Ric Flair was like that color you know his robes were always super extravagant but his gear was really simple but that color just pops so well with his platinum blonde hair yeah uh, like a lot of guys back then it was just all trunks and he, but with Flair he had like I remember I I don't know why this sticks out, but I can't remember which match it is. But he's got like some weird, like just really green trunks, and then like some just 
he always had like different colored boots sometimes that didn't match his trunks. Like I think he had like green boots and then like purple. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of which if if it was a. It's always because there's one. There's one where he has like the green trunks, but then he has like can like super bright yellow boots. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, dude, like he lose part of his gear bag. Like, did he just think like, oh, it'd be fun to mix it up? But I mean, like, regardless, like he pulls it off. Yeah, and him and uh, you know, watching Macho Man growing up and just how many different sets of gears they had and just mix, like all these different colors. Like that's uh, something that I've looked at when ordering gear. And I have like several different colors and trunks with the same logo. And uh, you know, some wrestlers will always ask me like, how do you get all these like gears? Like I just save up and, you know, try to get different colors. Cause on some shows, everyone's wearing black. You don't want to, you want to stand out. You're yeah. out here investing in yourself. And yes, you just exactly. got some new gear recently, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I think uh, I think everyone's seen my new gear designed by someone in this room right here. Well, I don't want to take I... all the credit, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, this I've always wanted something like this design that uh, Jake has that design for me but with trunks you know there's not a lot of space unless you're a big big guy for you know designs on trunks but you know he i i don't know how he drew all the stuff on there but and then it was perfect like and since getting this set of gear i've just got a lot more messages of you know, when you're available or, Hey, who made you, who designed your gear? And I'm always, you know, putting him over. And, uh, yeah, it's, I've, this is probably my favorite gear I've, I've gotten since I've started. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, telling people, you know, who, 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 uh, designed that for you and everything. But I, I love your philosophy when it comes to how you dress and, and everything, because you definitely stand out. And that's always a good thing in wrestling. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of guys, you know, uh, you know, the eighties and then the early nineties was all flashy, really bright colors and stuff. And then attitude era. And then like the ring of honor, it's everyone's kind of just, you know, straight up black, dark colors. And I was wanting to just be all black when I started, but then right before my debut, like leading up to that, I was just looking at all the the guy, the local guys, and I was like, no one's wearing like white boots, no one's wearing bright colors, you know. I mean, my first pair of uh, it, it's one of those things. Back, but... It just feels like I think we just lost Landon. Uh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, you yeah. know you you wear the white boots and everything. And I've, I've even told you like, that's one of my favorite things about your gear is the white boots. Um, but like you stand out and it's, it's important to do that. You know, you're, you're putting yourself over and making your yourself look more important. Oh, for sure, man. Cause you know, I, 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 I know I'm not the biggest guy out there. You know, I'm not the the tall guy or the the muscle guy, but 
you know, I, I'm confident in myself that you give me five minutes, three minutes, whatever, I'll, I'm going to get remembered. Someone's going to say, hey, who's that guy with the mullet and the, the weird, like, colors or the cool-looking gear that looks like a course can, you know? I, I guarantee someone's going to leave the show remembering who I am, whether they can remember my name or not, but they're going to say, Hey, who's that guy? And then they're going to find out, you know? Yeah. And you, you know, you're, you're getting, you're getting over, you're, you're starting to uh, impress a lot of these fans. You know, I saw multiple mullet daddy t-shirts in the audience. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're getting there and I, you know, we're really proud of you over here. Uh, you know, doing all your stuff, but uh, Landon is actually feeding me some questions now that he's wanting to ask okay. while he reboots his internet. So, okay. um, we have we have uh, lost Landon for the time being. An attempt on his life was made, but you know he'll be back here shortly. Uh, what kind of wrestling are you watching right right now? Like, what what is tickling your fancy in the wrestling business? Right. I mean, right now, uh, you know, I try to stay with the with the current stuff. I try to watch AEW sometimes and uh, some WWE, but I'll just get you know clips here and there. But you know, right now, I really enjoy going back to the the late eighties, like eighty five, eighty six NWA Crockett days. You know, you're really digging on the eighties. We know that about you. You know, you, your whole look is the eighties. You look like you stepped out of an eighties, uh, you know, high school movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, that's what, that's one thing we love about you, man. Like you just, you, you emulate that, that person perfectly. It's who you are. Like, mm. you know, you always want to be yourself and that's what's, that's where the best wrestlers are is those people that just have that, you know, however much it is of themselves in that, in their, uh, presentation, you know? So, yeah, exactly. And for a while I, w I wasn't being myself and that was really holding me back until, you know, uh, like two, a year or two ago is really when I started implementing just being myself turned up out there. So there you go, man. You know, uh, so when you're watching like Crockett and all of that, um, you know, we all love Ric Flair. We all love the horseman and, and, you know, sting and everything. Who, who's somebody that's been standing out to you recently that you, you, you know, you would let the people out there go, Hey, you need to watch this guy or this gal, you know, whoever. Yeah. Lately. I mean, I really obviously like the four horsemen guys, but you know, going back and watching Bret Hart, Owen Hart, uh, obviously Shawn Michaels everyone says that but you know like the I really enjoyed going back and watching like the WCW guys like the Eddie Guerrero Benoit Malenko like the real technical guys and just seeing just how they like just there's no holes in their game like they're they're at the top at that time yeah oh man I, I love watching some of that cruiserweight stuff from WCW like so there's some of the guys that are the best ever to, to step in the ring there and never really got their due, uh, you know, outside of WCW, yeah. but it's fantastic stuff. I always recommend those matches to people from WCW, but, uh, so you, you did say that you watch a lot of AEW recently, uh, 
who's who's really getting over with you over there? Uh, you know, when some I, I really started to get more intrigued with it when you know the Ring of Honor purchase because I'm a big Ring of Honor guy, and then uh, you know I seeing Samoa Joe on AEW just feels like right. I don't know what it oh, is, yeah. about it, but since he's been back, I try to catch anything he does, and then. You know, Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, he really is. I try to watch everything they do on there. Uh, are you are you liking any of the uh, Blackpool uh, Combat Club stuff? You know, I haven't got to watch much of it since they formed. I've just seen the stuff on Twitter of like they brought in Yuta and uh, but yeah, I haven't really got to catch much of that stuff. But I'll I'll go I'll, I'll go and. Uh, I've watched like the CM Punk matches and then I had to watch the FTR match, you know? Oh man. They, they're they, on a they, whole nother level right now. They, yeah. They've really out They're They're the, the best right now in the, in wrestling. I, I will say this, and this will be my homework for the week because we always give out homework for anyone that hasn't watched, go watch the final, uh, John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta match. It was a amazing match to see the transformation of Wheeler Yuta over the last couple weeks. And then go in and watch uh, them teaming together this last week. They're, they're just solid together that it's, it's unbelievable how they have made Wheeler Yuta go from the guy that, you know, you, he comes out and you're like, Oh, he's going to get beat to the guy that's like that dude is going to come in here and kick your ass. It's it's phenomenal. So, for those that are listening, he hasn't said anything, but we do have Landon Mr. Rasslin back. Landon, what's up over there? Man, folks, we uh, we harp on this all the time, but we really need you to to share, to like and to review our podcast. Let us let a wrestling fan that you're friends with know about our podcast, recommend it to them because we need to pay for private internet security. So I don't get assaulted. I, I still fully blame all, all technology problems on Marco stunt. I can't prove it, but he is the bane of my existence. And I will continue to say that until the day I die. Like, you know, we've we we've talked about before my my experience with with going to wrestling school for uh, a cup of coffee and just you know contemplating that portion of my life. But should the opportunity arise, I will make my in ring debut in full New Jack garb and do what must be done. But you know, that's that's a topic for another day johnny i do have a couple other questions for you if you could go back in time let's say uh, let me phrase it like this if you could go back in time and choose a specific company during a specific like time where would you want to work like for instance if you're like hey i want to work like 80s nwa or I want to work 80s WWF or, or anything like that. If World you could class. like, yeah, like if you had a time machine and you could just straight up go to any promotion at whatever time you wanted, where would you go? Uh, 
I'd say 80s, 80s world class or, you know, NWA or maybe even, you know, Mid-South, you know, being in Oklahoma. It'd be I like I just <clears throat> I just always think about there's some people I feel like you could just pick them up and add them to a time in the past and they would fit in flawlessly. But then there's also some where, you know, like just the sheer chaos of them showing up in another timeline would be would be fun. Like I always wonder, you know, like someone like Luke Gallows, like what happens if Luke Gallows is like wrestling in Florida in the seventies and eighties? Like what, what happens then? Well, sex Ferguson wouldn't be just a gimmick pal. Like that would be real life right there. It would be. There's a, there's a beloved sex Ferguson clip uh, with Cliff Compton. I would love to play on air, but I think our podcast would be taken down, but you know, he's I a, love that one. he is a good brother. Johnny, do you have any shows coming up? Actually, yeah. For, you know, uh, this next Saturday, I'll be in Noble, Oklahoma for world class at the Rose Rock Festival. And then the week after that, I'll be in Wichita for world class it, and AWR. It's a uh, it's a benefit show for uh, – you know, we've lost Jermaine Johnson, who was a staple in Oklahoma wrestling. And so, you know, we're um, there's a couple of companies going to be there and some old guys who haven't wrestled in a while that are going to be putting on their boots to honor him. And, you know, I'm I was asked to be a part of it and I'm going to you know do my best to go out there and honor him because he was a good brother in the locker room. Good guy to be around. Some things are bigger than wrestling, man. Yeah. They, well, it, I will say it, it did my calloused heart good. Um, just seeing the, the outpouring for Jermaine uh, this last week yeah. and especially the, his celebration of live services, just seeing like how, how many different people from, you know, multiple promotions gathered together. It's, you know, it's like you said, Jake, some things are bigger than life. Some people are bigger than life, and this is one of those. Yep. Well, you know, before we get out of here, Johnny, uh, you you've got you've got an open mic here. Is there is there anything you want to say? Someone you want to call out? You want to cut a promo? You know, you want you got anything that you want to plug? Now is the time, my man. You know, I want to call out everybody watching this listening to this whatever you know everyone's been sleeping on johnny cove for a while you know yeah they said oh, okay he looks good he's got the great legs he's got a good head of hair on him but then i finally you know everyone was sleeping on me i didn't I, there was opportunities that i didn't get but then all i did was i cut my hair one day i get a mullet and now everyone's paying attention to me well it's too late guys okay i'm sorry so if you want to, you know, make up for all this lost time that you could have had me on a show or, you know, had me on a podcast, well, go to Pro Wrestling Tees, type in Johnny Cove or type in Mullet Daddy, get yourself a Mullet Daddy shirt, tweet me, you know, post it on social media, tag me, and then maybe, you know, you'll get a message from me or something. And, uh, you know, go to my YouTube, subscribe. I need to get that, those numbers up. 
I need to start making money from this thing. Uh, I don't really know how the internet works, but you know, hopefully you guys and my associate, my my brother can help me with this. And you know, if you see me at, see me at a show, buy a shirt, cheer for me, boo for me, do whatever. But as long as you're paying money for the show or paying me, I'm fine with. Well, Johnny, I do have one last question before we let you go. All right. Can you, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Oh, gosh. If you could, re- if you could recommend one match for somebody to watch, it doesn't have to be your favorite match. It doesn't have to be the most inspirational, but if you're like, Hey, if you've never seen this match, go watch it. Could you recommend a match for us? I'm trying to think of something really good to recommend. Or even like if there's a specific like pay per view or or okay, something uh, like that, go to YouTube and type in. I mean, there might not. I mean, there's two versions. I mean, you can go on YouTube and type in. Uh, I think it's Battle of the Belts, or it, it's the uh, it's Ric Flair and Wyndham versus the uh, Midnight Express. And there's two versions. There's one where you can get Jim Cornette's watch along with him. He goes over in detail, you know, about the whole match and, you know, extra stuff for that. If you're a Jim Cornette guy or just watch it without it, it's, it's phenomenal tag team match with two of the best flair and Wyndham against one of the best tag teams of all time. That's, that's one. And then, you know, go, uh, I'd say, if you can find Jay Lethal versus Jay Briscoe from 2015, uh, that was, you know, when Jay Lethal won the belts. Sorry if that was a spoiler, but, you know, two of the best right there. I love that. I, with, with all the news of, you know, Ring of Honor has been purchased and, you know, the potential plans for it to be weekly TV again, there's just something about that like that 2011 to like 2015 era of ring of honor. That is just, I I think like that's when they were at their peak, like talent wise, you know, match quality wise, like storyline wise, it was just like, man, it was so good. Yeah. If you, yeah, before we wrap everything up, but if you go back and you from like, yeah, 2011, maybe till 2000, right until AEW. Every single top guy in that company, look where they are now. You got you got Owens, Adam Cole was in NXT, now he's in AEW. You got Jay Lethal. I mean, the only guys who aren't really any, I mean, the Briscoes, but they're just all over. If you go look at that roster from like 2015 to 17, right before AEW, and that, you know, that is when I think they're at their top, just making you know the most money. I think. I mean, the Briscoes are only out there having five star match after five star match with everybody. So, yeah, you know. I'm just saying, I I want the Briscoes' dad to have one more run. That would be, yeah, that's that would be something. So you know, we're we're about to send you away. Landon has prepared something very special for you. You do. It's a quick <laughs> little clip for you right before we send you home, and we we start heading to the finish. But uh, so. Landon, why don't you roll that beautiful footage? Yeah. Johnny, do you have anything else you want to plug real quick? Uh, just, you know, what you guys said, you believe reviews for the podcast. These guys need their own, uh, you know, they need some money too. 
and then just go follow me on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and you'll be seeing a lot more of me. Now, Johnny, we are proud to reveal to the world for the very first time. It is live on our YouTube and our TikTok right now, but now you get to see this. The latest, newest addition to the Brothers in Kayfabe home video collection. Oh, gosh. All right, let's see it. There it is. Oh, man. Woo. Coming soon to VHS, the best of Johnny Cove so far. Johnny, thank volume you so one. much. Yeah, volume, volume one. one like, there will be more. The Eventually, Eventually, it'll be one of those cool VHS collections where you put them all together and it makes a picture like like Rocky Four. <laughs> no, man, that just gave me goosebumps right there. Well, there you go. You will be getting one in the mail very, very soon. Rest assured. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, Johnny, thank you so, so much. Thank you, guys. Without doubt, he is the greatest mullet in professional wrestling. He is the Duke of the Dropkick, a master of the suplex, a man who has been in more bedrooms than Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu combined. He is the best around. He is Johnny Cove. To check out more of Johnny Cove, follow his social media and pick up a shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. Wow, it's always a blast having Johnny Cove on the show. I selfishly wish we could have him on every single week. It would be great to have him on, but the man's so busy. You know, we get him whenever we can. He's been a great ambassador to us. He's great. Uh, you know, he's a good brother. He uh, he loves to get him a little bit of uh, some brother sauce, some good cold brewskis. Landon, you know, we're about to wrap this up. We're having some fun. We we had Johnny on. Uh, let's let's just go ahead and put it out there. Who is your favorite wrestler of the week? My favorite wrestler of the week. And I might catch a little flack for this, but. I am unashamed to say that my wrestler of the week is the one, the only <sighs> Scotty Too Hotty. Wow. I have had the two cool theme songs stuck in my head all week. Man, seeing Scotty Too Hotty jump around, do the oh, worm. Yeah. It is my favorite thing. I'm just saying this once upon a time in fifth grade. I got a bunch of wrestling action figures for Christmas. So I was like, well, I got to put on a big show. And do you know who debuted in the TNA ring to challenge Triple H for the world title that night, Jake? Uh, maybe a one Scotty Too Hottie. It was Scotty Too Hottie. He won the match. But after the match, Evolution attacked him and broke his neck with a sledgehammer. And then Scotty Too Hottie was sidelined for the rest of my wrestling figure career. But <laughs> man, like literally any like Scotty too hottie is such an underrated hand in this business. Yeah. Um, his work in NXT, but he's one of those people like 
he is so great in the the ring, like especially like the 05, well, I'd say like 04 to 06, like SmackDown Cruiserweight era. Yeah. Like you get to see Scotty Tuati put on some bangers, but also like you cannot deny how entertaining he is with or without too cool. Like it like it's so over the top, it's incredible. And I love it. So that is my wrestler of the week. Jake, who's yours? So I wanted to go with someone from a local indie. I want to use this podcast to help others. And this woman has been on the rise in the local scene. Um, I had never seen a match of hers until uh, WrestleMania weekend. And now I've seen two live. I've seen multiples on YouTube. Um, and that is the city's own Danny B. She's impressed me big time. Uh, she had a great match with uh, a one Gigi in Lucha Brutal on WrestleMania weekend. Um, both of her matches left me with a spot that I've been talking to talking about since. And uh, the one in um, Lucha Brutal, uh, she had the Lone Star spot, as I put it. She hid two Lone Star beers under the ring. Uh, gave one to the ref, and he uh, obliged, turned his back. And uh, the second one, she opened, took a nice, and then smashed it across Gigi's head, which ultimately was one of the deciding factors in that match. The second match was for the NCWO World Women's title. And... Uh, it was a great match with Evelyn Carter. Uh, both both women impressed me, but she finished the match. The ref accidentally got bumped by uh, the by uh, Evelyn, and that is when Danny took it to her, her advantage. Did the old Eddie Guerrero um, bait and switch? You know she made it sound like Evelyn Carter hit her with the title belt and her sell of it was great. And I, I, I want to see more of her. I know she's got a match with Abaddon on dark on AW dark. Um, I have yet to watch. So I'm going to try to lock that down and watch it. But man, it's just, there's some really great wrestling going on right now. And if you have a chance, the people at home go to NCWO, go to your local indie. If you're not from Oklahoma, if you want to go to NCWO, call me. We will go. I will take you to NCWO. That's uh, Scout's Honor there. Their next show is July 16th. You want to go, I'll take you. So that's all I've got to say on that. Um, I gave my homework during, uh, during our segment uh, talking about AEW. So go watch... Wheeler Yuta versus John Moxley, the final match from Rampage, and just see this star that AW has made uh, in a very short period of time. Landon, do you have any suggestions for today? I do. And I brought this up with you earlier this week, but also with Johnny Cove. I, I didn't want to talk about this on air um, with him. 
Um, but one of the the most devastating moments in my life as a young wrestling fan. So I, I've talked about it before. I owe my introduction into professional wrestling 100% to the Cove brothers. Like 100%, I, this podcast would not exist without them. Uh, Mr. Wrestling would not be a thing without the Cove brothers. However, as a young wrestling fan, trying out this thing called professional wrestling for the first time, giving it a shot, was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And I quickly became a fan of this young cocky kid named Randy Orton. The year's 2004. <clears throat> like, I've only seen a handful of matches because, like, I, I didn't watch wrestling. I didn't know it was on TV every week. My only encounters with wrestling were playing video games with Johnny Cove. And him and his brother, they would buy most of the pay-per-views on DVD when they came out. And he showed me Unforgiven 2004. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what a pay-per-view is. I don't know what the big deal is. He says, hey, do you want to see a match where Randy's champion? I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know what it necessarily means. Like, I knew, like, in sports what it meant to be a champion. But, like, in wrestling, it's a little bit different. It's like, sure. And so we watch Unforgiven 2004, Triple H versus Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship. And... Man, throughout the match, I just like the build-up video is so awesome because you see Randy win the world title, and I'd never seen that clip before, and so I'm like, "Oh man, like that's so awesome! Like good for him." And then the next night on Raw, they throw this big celebration. Evolution does for Randy, and they're celebrating. He uh, has had a match on Raw as World Heavyweight Champion. They come out, and they celebrate. Flair and Triple H are like, pick him up, pick him up. Batista picks Randy Orton up on his shoulders. He's sitting up there holding him up, piggyback style. Randy's got the belt. Everyone's cheering. Everyone's clapping. Triple H is smiling like this, both thumbs up. And then his face stops, and he turns his thumbs down. And Batista hits Randy Orton with an electric chair drop, and they betray him to beat him up. That's how this match starts. And so I'm like, man, I want to see this Triple H guy get his face beat in. Well, I get uneasy because things aren't going good for Randy. And I turn to Johnny and I say, does Randy win this match? And he's like, yeah, trust me, he wins this match. Then Triple H gets a chair and he hits Randy. And then he pedigrees Randy on the chair and he pins him. And I look at Johnny Cove and I swear... He says, that's what happens when you try to play the game. <laughs> and like to this day, like I get, I genuinely get PTSD when I look at that photo because it was like, that was my first heartbreak in professional wrestling. But all of that context to say, Unforgiven 2004, Triple H versus Randy. It's a banger of a match. Didn't go the way I wanted to go, but you know, it's heel Triple H at his peak. And it's face Randy at his peak as well. So check that out. Um, and, you know, cry with me. We can start a We've Been Hurt by Triple H support group. We have been hurt by Triple H, that's for sure. Um, Man, that's great. I love it. I love it. 
your your love for Randy Orton gives me life because hey, like like it's, Randy it's phenomenal. You you know, rest in peace, Triple J, Jimmy Jackson. Like how seeing Macho Man drew right. Jimmy into wrestling. Ran, seeing Randy Orton drew me into wrestling. It's a it's a special time. I, I need to make a Randy VHS. You do. You need to make a Randy VHS. I, I, I would love that. But uh, oh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, follow us on all forms of social media. Join the Facebook group. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Like the YouTube. Subscribe. Check out the TikTok. Check out the TikTok <clears throat> that went viral this weekend. We're putting up great content over there. We're going to be putting up uh, some more um, clips from the show, but also more classic wrestling moments um, that both include in and out of the ring moments. I'm just saying, if you want to see Roddy Piper stand up to Bill Maher, check out our TikTok. If you want to see Sandman's entrance at One Night Stand with Metallica, check out our TikTok. I will say this, ladies and gentlemen. As of this recording, 40,000 people have wanted to see Roddy Piper stand up to Bill Maurer. And I'm just saying, you do too. It's one of the best clips I've ever watched. Landon, uh, my last plug is go follow Gigante Wrestling Gear on Facebook or on uh, Twitter. Golly, I'm just... horrible on Instagram. Hey, it's the brother sauce. And uh, <clears throat> just past 100 subscriber mm -hmm. likes this past weekend. The 100th follower was one Bad Street Beauty, Miranda Gordy herself. And uh, she won a free design and logo design for being a follower. So thank you, Miranda. Your stuff is going to be done very shortly. Landon, do you have anything to plug? I do. I do. I do. It is a short little clip. You guys saw the Johnny Cove VHS, but it's not the only BIK home video release that we have. Be sure whenever we go live with our live episodes, be sure to tune into those because I am just dying to give away some of the BIK mixtapes. As well as, if you can convince me, Jake, what is that Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, CM Punk, Punker Danielson, VHS tape? What is it? Yeah. Like, is it just a, a still image, or what is it? It is this one right here. Has one of the best video packages I've ever seen in my life. Made by yours truly, Mr. Rasslin. Set to one of the greatest songs ever. A, uh, and now I can't even think of the name of the song. Um, it, it is, is My Creed, Sacrifice. My Sacrifice. I have not got to watch the rest of the tape yet. It is mostly, uh, from what I can tell, ROH. Um, unofficially. And uh, I can't wait to pop it in. Landon, you do a tremendous job on these. 
It's I like can't we, wait to see what else you put out. It's like we talked about at the beginning of the show. It's not for pro- profit. It is strictly for the preservation of professional wrestling history. And, you know, I, I meant to do it last week. Last week ended up being a little busier than I thought. So I will probably upload it this evening. But for one week on our YouTube channel, you will get to see the BIK Mixtape Volume 1 for one week only. It's a just a little little teaser. I want it to be something special for those who do get a physical copy. I don't think you'll be disappointed in it at all. And then for all of us from Brothers in Kayfabe, thank you for being a listener. We appreciate each and every one of you. Let's end this on a on a very very high note. We've got them ready. We've got them ready because, ladies and gentlemen, with last week and with this week, we are on the road to episode 100, and that fact is just too Too sweet sweet for life.